Hi again, everybody. It's time. This is what we've all been waiting for. This is our build team leader, Chin Lu Lama. Hi everyone, and this is Chin Lu Lama. I'm here at Monster Jam Pit Party. I have a special guest with me, Jonah. Hello everyone. <laughs> Jonah, we as a team from SolidWorks came to talk to you about a special costume that we're doing for you. It's right behind me. You want to take a look at it? Uh, sure. Ready? Three. Two, one. Reveal! Oh, oh, oh my god, that's amazing. How did you do that so fast? We're magic wheelchair. We can do magic. Oh yeah, that makes sense. That's cool, Jonah. That is cool. Hi there, and welcome to the SolidWorks Born to Design podcast. Inspiring stories about those who create, build, invent, and transform new ideas into actual new products. And by the way, they all use SolidWorks. I'm your host, Cliff Medling, and this episode is titled Designing Monster Truck Magic, as today you're in for a real treat, as I have an inspiring story that combines design, innovation, a few SolidWorks employees, a monster truck rally, and one incredible young boy named Jonah. They all teamed up with a great organization called Magic Wheelchair. I'll be speaking today with Chin Lu Lama, a SolidWorks employee, and also the team leader on the project with Magic Wheelchair. Let's jump right in. Chin Lu, what is Magic Wheelchair? So Magic Wheelchair is a nonprofit organization that was started two, maybe three years ago. And it was really an inspirational story from a gentleman named Ryan Weimer. He has a family with, I think, two children who suffer from a similar type of handicap that they have to be wheelchair bound. So he really found it very exciting to get them engaged with the the folks around and have be proud of being who they are when they get on these amazing epic costumes. He started out just making really cool costumes for Halloween and then through his wife's support and neighbors they found that you know other kids in similar situations wanted to have costumes like that and then from that they did a Kickstarter and started the foundation and since then it's just blossomed into this amazing um, voluntary groups of artists, artisans, professionals who just jumped in and made these epic, I mean, epic with a capital E costume that can pass on from one child to another, but it really transformed these children into superheroes and people that they idolize. Um, and it's just something that you can see it directly from their eyes. And so this this foundation has started it um, and they've encouraged folks to volunteer. So, you know, I, I met someone um, at a maker fair David Vogel, and with just a few sentences, he caught me, and I was very engaged in the story. I looked it up and thought SolidWorks could really do something amazing with our know-how and our tools, and that's kind of the beginning. Everything else is history. That's great. So so the wheelchairs, it's really just an outside housing that fits over the wheelchair, and they could make it into whatever they want, whatever they're interested in, right? Right. So it's it's just like a typical costume. Like you, you still have to consider things like comfort for the person inside, the weight, all that stuff. And it really is to the point where they're so epic now that you have to figure out how to fit it through doorways and elevators and things like that. Whereas um, something that we wear, there's, it's loose and, you know, you can just fold it or take it off. But these things are mounted on, like strapped on and moves with the wheelchair. So there's a little bit of a difference. But yeah, it's, it's uh, super or above the wheelchair is not something that it's screwed on type or attached to the child in any way. So it's safe. 
So that's great. So once you heard about this uh, this organization, you think SolidWorks could get involved in this. So how did what was the next steps after that? How did that get started? Yeah. So as I mentioned, I, I heard the story, read into it, watched some videos. God, like those videos out there got me into tears. All I remember was thinking, well, you know, we spend every day working on our software and a few of us who are lucky enough to talk to customers, we can hear how we change their lives and make their work so much more um, effective uh, because of our software. But honestly, it's it's still kind of, um, you, you don't get that emotional paycheck to the level of if you weren't working in this industry or doing what we do afterwards, if it comes, if it goes with you, that you you feel like you've made an impact. And with this particular project, it feels like regardless of what I do from this point on, I made a freaking costume for a little boy who really deserved it. So I think it was an opportunity for me to just get a lot of my colleagues that opportunity to shine, to do something meaningful. Um, also, on top of which, apply their skill sets, things that they know how to do, um, things that they haven't had a chance to show off. But at the core of everything, we're still using our own software. We're learning how our software affects other people who do things like this. So it was like a win-win in my mind. So it was no brainer that we, we should do this. That's awesome. So how did you approach your, your team or people with this idea? And, and how did also, I guess, a follow-up question would be, well, how, how were you introduced to the project? Who, who handed you the project and stuff? So when I first got interested in a project, I said, you know, we'll build something. But in my mind, it was like the hypothetical we. Because in my mind, when I saw this project, I'm like, if, if no one wanted to do this with me, I would just myself go to my garage, you know, dig out some tools and build something. I'm traditionally trained in mechanical engineering and I'm an artist in, in my heart. So I knew I could do this on my own if I really needed to. But um, the story was just moving and I knew that it would probably kill me if I tried to do this by myself. And plus, um, I had a few folks that I could rely on. So I sent out an innocent email that kind of set the stage of what this foundation is about, what they could do with this project and how cool it could be. And I think within the day, maybe the next couple of days, everyone that I sent the email to came back and said, yeah, absolutely, include me. I'm interested. Not a single person bowed out. And so from that point, it just kind of grew. They asked other folks that they knew who would be interested. And we eventually realized that we needed a core team that would be dedicated to just kind of make those key decisions on what to make, how to do it, uh, what materials to use. So we started to divide things up. So it was really just finding the people who, I did, honestly, finding is a very tricky word, just having people who um, are passionate about the project that they will figure out how to get it done. And we were lucky enough to have those folks on the team. That's great. So once you developed the team, you went to Magic Wheelchair and said, hey, we've... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So so I actually um, send an email back to my contact, which is David Vogel. He's the representative of uh, Magic Wheelchair in the, on the West Coast because this, this organization was started actually on the West Coast. So David Vogel was the gentleman who approached me at um, the New York Maker Fair. That was how this whole thing started. And so he, I reached out to him, said, you know, we do want to have this conversation again. We want to start a team. We want to build something for you guys. Um, he had originally asked for help actually with uh, getting access to folks who could create CNC projects, help them mill certain things or 3D print stuff. So that was actually the reason why he came to me and also the software. 
But um, I said, you know, we can help you with all that and we want to build something. So then once that started, we spoke to the right people at Magic Wheelchair. They were very eager to help us match with a kiddo. Um, they call their kids kiddo, which is super cute. And once we had the match, well, first we had to really, you know, they're, they're a good team. They were vetting our skill sets, wanting to make sure that they don't just like randomly set up a team that could very well not be able to deliver the project. Right, right. Um, yeah, so they were diligent about making sure that we knew what we were doing. I reassured them that you're talking to a room full of CAD geeks who yeah. are probably super perfectionists um, and could do this to the max and make a true-to-scale replica of whatever we want to build yeah. is super possible. So, yeah, And you did. I saw the final. It was pretty <laughs> impressive, yes. Yeah, so they, they were very eager, and uh, that's kind of how it started. Okay, great, great. So what was the next step? Were you introduced to Jonah at that point or, or told his situation? or? Yeah, so once we knew who the kiddo was, I was given permission to reach out to the family. And that's when we started to get timing. We wanted to get a team down there. We knew we had to get, first we need to know what he wanted. I mean, we got a, an idea of what he might like from, from his mom who submitted the request. We knew it was a monster truck. At first, we thought it was actually the Gravedigger, um, which we all really started to make ideas and sketch out uh, concepts from it. But I, I kept warning the team. I'm like, don't get married to that idea. We <laughs> haven't talked to Jonah yet. And uh, when we did finally meet him, he had no idea. what. It was actually very funny. We, we went there. His mom was very adamant about keeping this super secret and not getting his hopes up because if anything falls through, you know, it would be terrible right. to try to explain everything exactly. so he had no idea so we came in there were probably five of us and when we walked up the parents brought us in and uh we we're all kind of like in we had a little toolbox with this and i looked down smiling at jonah and i said um hi jonah do you know why we're here and he's like um i don't know are you here to give fix my computer are you here to get me a new computer? <laughs> and then I said, actually, no. And I tried to explain to him what it was about, Magic Wheelchair. He actually hadn't heard about it because it was the mom that actually set everything up. So then I explained to him our goal, and I showed him some examples of other costumes that's been made. He was very excited about it. I think he was the whole time churning away trying to figure out what exactly would make sense for him. And w with some help from his mom, he then expressed that, oh yeah, my favorite monster truck is actually Max D, Maximum Destruction. And instantly, uh, I think one of his siblings ran into his room and got a little model of it from his bed. And we just like plopped it down. He had a little toy. We took a picture of that. We're like, okay, that's our inspiration right there. <laughs> um, so yeah, we got to meet Jonah. Personality was amazing. Like he he was just bursting with um, excitement and just hilarity. And um, we took all the measurements. We made sure we knew what model of a uh, wheelchair he was using. Okay. Which actually brought us to that next stage of um, finding out if we could actually get a CAD model of the wheelchair. We figured, you know, that has to be out there. And so through a little bit of research um, internally, one of our team members was like, oh, by the way, Permobile, they're a Salawars customer. No joke, Salawars is everywhere. So we reached out, took us a little bit, but we finally got the model. We Then we built everything around it. So that was much more comforting to have that baseline than to start with nothing. Right. You knew it was going to fit when you were done. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Plus our measurements. So we did a lot of like green screen photography and uh, we were able to use that also to superimpose inside SolidWorks and get a lot of that aesthetics. Oh, wow. I didn't know you did that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know we could do that either. Yeah. <laughs> so Rob Jose is one of our uh, CAD masters on the team. He, I learned, I learned that from him. So that was pretty cool. 
Yeah, it's great. So the team built what do you call it, the costume or the yeah the uh, costume the, the costume around it and you guys spent how how long did that take you? Yeah, we wanted we keep saying six weeks um, to actually do the fabrication, but we definitely have a few weeks before that was that you know meeting the team, getting to know each other's skill set. Um, right. So I would say six weeks to actually go from CAD modeling to the physical product, but I would also say two or three weeks before that just to get ourselves sorted out. To get everything ready, get the designs yeah. ready. Yeah. So, and, and if you see this final, I, I, I ask that you take a look online and look at the final design. It, it's pretty impressive for six weeks. So, I mean, I don't want to reveal, but there's a very touching story about how you presented the wheelchair to Jonah once it was all done. Uh, tell us about that experience. And, and by the way, you can view all this on uh, the SolidWorks Facebook page. We, we did some Facebook live videos You'll see Chin Lu, the team, and uh, and Jonah there when they presented it. But talk about that, Chin Lu. That was that was an exciting moment. Yeah, the reveal was amazing, and I have to give a lot of props to um, Rachel York. She was one that I think if we hadn't reached out, I don't know how this would have turned out. But she had all her connections, and she was able to contact the right people and uh, folks at Feld Entertainment, the folks that do the Monster Jams. The instant they heard the story from Rachel, she was just as excited, I think, even more than I was. And then she contacted Feld Entertainment, and they were just as excited. So it wasn't, I think the hard part was just kind of aligning the logistics, but the passion was definitely there. Everyone wanted this to happen. So on the day of Monster Jam that was held in Foxborough, Massachusetts, and we also found out that the family, the Sylvia family, Jonah, they go to that event every year. It was like a ritual thing. So we said, you know, that just makes sense. Makes we have sense, to do yeah. this. Yeah, Everything's aligning. Right. So and then through talking to Feld, they said, you know, the best time really for him to have that moment with the, the driving team, especially Max D and Tom Mintz and all that stuff would be the pit party. And Max D and that team was all on board when they heard oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they had the media there. Yeah. Yeah. They, is... they were all on board. They had um, Tom there. They had their own announcers all there ready to see. I don't think they knew what they were expecting either. It's because they were all just kind of excited when they saw it. But we did wheel the costume in and they saw they saw us assemble it. And people were already coming up to us. This is before Jonah came up. And we were trying to make it so that Jonah wouldn't actually come till we had everything under curtain. Um, so as we're assembling it, the pit crew, like the real people who actually work on Max D, came over and were asking questions like, wow, how did, wow, you know, and they're looking at the tires as we mount them. In fact, as, as we put the cloth over it, you could still see the wheels out. And we pushed it into this um, tent where Tom would actually give out autographs. So we kind of stole that tent so that it would be under um, shade. It was a really hot day. And then the team that is preparing the pit party for the crowds to come in were putting on the keep out tape around the big max d so i kind of like tugged at the one of the guy's shoulder i'm like is it possible for you to put the tape on our max d <laughs> <laughs> so he's like oh yeah absolutely uh -huh. so he came over he wrapped it around our little mini max d and um it was really neat we have a picture of that somewhere too and you can see the big max d with the tape around the little max d with the tape around and it was just enough like like coverage on the thing that you don't really know what's underneath so when jonah came in with his family he had no idea it was there, even though it's like right in his in front of him. 
really fun. He comes in, no clue what's going on. He was just ecstatic that he got to spend some time with Tom. Um, and they had conversations, you know, just on the side. He gave him some chashkis, like the hat. And, and, and explain who Tom is again. Tom for... Mintz, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. He's the driver of Max D. Max D so, right. yeah, to a lot of folks, he's really like the epitome because he does all these amazing tricks with Max D that like no one else really. So he's like the super driver. Right, Superhero, right. yeah. To Jonah, like he was his uh, hero, that right. he won, you know, his idol. So it was really nice to like have that one-on-one time with your idol. And uh, at that moment when he got in, he was excited about Tom, met with the folks. He was geeking out on everything. And all of a sudden, you know, the cameras came on for Facebook Live and we directed him into this area. And that's kind of the reveal that you would watch online where we announced it and we asked him, you know, do you know why you're here? He wasn't very much aware of what's going on, but I reminded him that he had asked for a costume. And he was, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that thing, you know, yeah, what am I going to see now? A prototype, you know? So he was very much, uh, yeah, as charming as he normally is, completely not, no idea, and we showed it to him, He, it, we blew him away. And his reaction was awesome. And I have to say, like, it's not just what he said, but what he did afterwards, it was, I swear, almost like 100 degrees with the sun coming down. We put him in this costume. We made sure it was very well ventilated, but you could see he was sweating. He was wearing the Max D um, shirt. He had the cap on and it was really warm. So regardless of in the costume or not, but he refused. He just flat out refused to come out of the costume for like two <laughs> hours straight because he loved it so much. So it was very heartwarming. We were following him with water around, just making sure that he was okay. But um, he had a grand time and I think that's what was important. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. What what a great what a great moment. What a great experience. Chindler, that was awesome. Thank you for coming and sharing that story and thank you for taking the reins and making it happen and leading this team and finding the team and and doing it again. So it's a wonderful story. Thanks again for sharing that. Yeah, thank you for inviting yeah. me. Yeah. So let's talk talk about the software that was used to design and build the Jonah's costume. Yeah. So when we approach building the project we definitely went through conversations about how we wanted to manage the design and also the schedule of what to do Um, we settled on using the 3d experience platform where we created dashboard had everyone access to it we kept all of the critical links to websites and collections of inspiration reference material job duties and uh, schedule so All of that was really aggregated into that platform and that dashboard. And then subsequently, all of us have our own skills with like Adobe products, SolidWorks, you know. So we kind of just dump a lot of our work in there. But um, it was a good way of managing all of our diverse backgrounds. Right. And and to get it done in six weeks, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You you needed something to manage every every piece or somebody be like, oh, we forgot this part of the whole design. Yeah. Yeah, our our team members just came out of their traditional job roles, and you could see like certain people are just natural project planners, and some folks are just they're natural doers. You give them some idea, and they spin off, and then they're getting all of it done quickly, and even before you realize it, it's already mounted and ready to go. And we definitely have artists on the team. Uh, we have some like cosplay experts, which is awesome, really handy. So, yeah, I love my team members, if you can't tell. Um, but it, it was just a lot of things that I think also helped us respect each other more as colleagues and Absolutely. actual work. Yeah. 
Yeah, don't sign me up for the project planning piece, though. That's, that's <laughs> definitely not my wheelhouse. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Chin Lu. That was that was that was awesome. Thank that was you. a great story. Thank you for sharing it with us. Thanks for listening today, and remember that if you are interested in managing your designs in a collaborative environment, as Chin Lu mentioned, try out the 3D Experience Social Collaboration Services. To learn more, go to SolidWorks.com/3dx-social. That's SolidWorks.com slash 3DX dash social. We'll be back again soon with more great Born to Design podcast at SolidWorks.com slash podcast or wherever podcasts are readily available. Until then, keep on innovating.